0: welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon and the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. Welcome to episode one of Process to Profitability. Today, I'm talking with my friend, Cinnamon Wolf, all about using your blog to educate your clients. She gets into a lot of great topics, like how she has used her blog in the past to reach and educate clients in the wedding industry, and as she's transitioning to be an educator for small business owners. We also talk about her process for blogging, as well as some SEO tips that can help you your blog, get found online. Cinnamon is a former corporate gal turned photographer, blogger, and educator. She is an army wife, stepmom, pet mom, and the friendliest introvert you'll ever meet. She is obsessed with helping others realize they are capable of so much more than they think they are. She's a self-proclaimed podcast junkie and hosts her own show with her husband where they chat with business owners about all things photography, business, and blogging. Her life goals are as big as her Netflix obsession, and she can always be bribed with skinny vanilla lattes and deep conversations. I hope you enjoyed this episode.
1: Hi, Cinnamon. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, Samantha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Cool. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and how you got started in your business?
2: Sure thing. So I am Cinnamon Wolf. And I am the where you're from question is kind of difficult because uh, I'm kind of from all over. Um, But I'm originally from Albuquerque, New Mexico. That was where I was born and raised. Um, And then for work, I actually moved to Seattle, Washington. Um, And I spent some time there. And that's where I met my husband and he's in the army. So because of that, we've ended up in a few different places. Um, we've ended up in California, and now we're in New Jersey. And we'll be going back to Seattle um, probably next, time, next year sometime. Um, so I'm kind of from all over, but <laughs> I, I live in New Jersey now, and I was uh, born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And um, so I do a few different things. So I run Cinnamon Wall Photography, which is a um, wedding and family photography Uh, business based out of uh, here in New Jersey and then I also run an educational site called cinnamonwolf.co which is a photography business and blogging resource for thoughtful creatives and how I got started in all of this is kind of um it's kind of a funny story because it was totally like a complete accident um (laughs) I didn't really have dreams of being an entrepreneur um you know, it's, it's kind of always something that interested me. My dad has kind of an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, but I went to college. I got my master's degree in human resources. I had a career in human resources for a long time. Um, and then when my husband and I moved to California, we moved to a really, um, a really small little town in the middle of the Mojave Desert um, that really didn't have a lot of, um, you know, corporate-y type jobs. So I found myself without a job, um, for the first time in a really long time. And I was really looking forward to it. I was like, I'm just going to take some time and, you know, kind of, uh, just do things that I really enjoyed doing. I was, I had a personal blog at the time, so I was going to like spend some time doing that. I was going to learn to cook and I was going to just exercise all the time. And <laughs> I had big plans. Um, but instead I ended up getting really bored and ended up going, uh, back to work, kind of part-time, uh, very like very relaxed, very small kind of job um, at the church we were going to in human resources. And I also, at that time, began um, becoming really interested in photography. A friend of mine had a camera um, that she didn't know how to use, so I was like, hey, let's kind of figure it out together, and I just kind of dove in, um, which is kind of my nature. Um, I really like to just really immerse myself when I'm learning something new. And I started learning all about photography, really enjoyed the creative outlet that it brought me. Um, And then of course, a lot of people in my life started um, being interested in the fact that I was interested in photography because I could benefit them. Um, And so I started doing sessions and I started uh, really kind of realizing that, Hey, this could actually be um, a business that I run myself. You know, I don't have to necessarily work for someone else. Um, And so through the course, you know, of of that happening, um, that's when sentimental photography was born. And uh, I spent, you know, the the couple of years that we were in California, um, really working to grow that business. And then, you know, we moved to New Jersey, which was um, a big change and a big challenge. And so I started learning all other sorts of things uh, about how to like really effectively optimize my website. Um, I got into some networking, you know, some groups here in New Jersey. Started doing a lot of second shooting for weddings, um, and uh, yeah, so that that was kind of like how it all started. And um, I've I've been I've been kind of doing teaching here and there um, throughout my my, uh, my life, I guess. Um, I taught some classes at the University of New Mexico. I taught some classes at Bellevue college throughout my, my time living in those places. And so that's naturally transitioned me into, um, having kind of a passion for teaching the things that I've learned, um, throughout the past four years of my business. Um, and so that's kind of how cinnamonwolf.co was, was born. It was, it was born out of the, the need and the passion, um, that I have to help educate others, um, in a variety of different ways.
1: Well, cool. I think it's funny that you mentioned that you got bored when you moved to California yeah. because when I moved to Richmond, I spent like two days unpacking my apartment and I was going to relax and I had some freelance stuff lined up, but I was like, I'll get to that in a couple of weeks. Right. And I got so bored after like two days. I was like, nope, we're we're just going for it. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's so funny how it's in actuality, it's much different than what you think. You think it's going to be super great. And then you're like t- sitting on the couch twiddling your thumbs like, what do I do now?
1: <laughs> yes. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs feel that way. We just have that spirit of we want to be doing something. We're not yeah. good at sitting around and doing nothing or watching right. TV all day. Right. Although Netflix is always very tempting.
2: Yeah. Maybe like one day a month sounds
1: like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I know that you had started blogging on your Cinnamon Wolf photography, and now mm-hmm. you sort of you do still have that, but you've also moved over to the Cinnamon Wolf Co. Um, and it's funny because I actually read your blog post before I knew who you were. Oh really? I realized that after the fact I was like, I have read some of her Squarespace blog posts and like followed them. Um so how have you found that blogging has benefited you as a small business owner and how can it benefit others? Oh gosh.
2: Well, how long do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Because I, I really I can't say enough about blogging. Um I feel like it's absolutely had like the hugest impact um, on my business and my business would not be where it is today without the focus and attention that I spent on blogging. Um, And all that to say that I don't, you know, I don't necessarily ascribe to the, um, the theory that you have to have, a blog in order to be successful. I think that there's many businesses out there that don't blog at all, That you know, they go about things a different way or maybe they have a different business model. Um, But for creative small business owners, I think blogging um, can benefit you in multiple, like a million different ways. I won't go into all of them, obviously because that would take forever. (laughs) Um, But the first thing um, that I think is important to um, mention when it comes to blogging is that blogging really allows you to show your expertise and your knowledge on different subjects, um, in a way that's very apparent, right? Like you're you're writing and showing, you know, pictures or whatever, you know, even if like with my photography blog, yes, I was writing, but the majority of the blog posts was my work, you know, my actual photography work. Um, and I could show so much more of my work through a blog post than I could just on, you know, my homepage or my gallery page. You know, those pages were really meant to show off kind of my best work and the work that I wanted to continue, you know, to book, um, but I could showcase, you know, like every aspect of a wedding day on a blog post or, you know, some of the different, um, you know, wait, when I go about a family session, you know, I I may not necessarily show a picture of the child, you know, the kid like by themselves, like in my portfolio, but I can definitely show those in the blog post. So you really get the opportunity to showcase your work in a, in a broader way um, and your expertise, especially if you're blogging on um, subjects like um, tutorials or how-to subjects or even like client education. Um, it really can increase your um your credibility, you know, with your, with your potential future clients, you know, if if I'm, if I'm hitting a website and I'm kind of, you know, maybe uncertain as to, you know, what this person is, is offering. And then I go over to their blog and I see, you know, this like treasure trove of information, um, that's helpful to me. Um, the credibility of that person has just increased, you know, tenfold um you know which then will um you know help them you know to book you which is what you know essentially what we're wanting right, right. <laughs> that's the whole purpose of being in business is to get clients um you know who we can work with who will you know pay us um the wages that we're looking for and so you can do all of that through a blog there's there's just so many different ways that you can utilize your blog it doesn't have to be boring it doesn't have to be you know pages and pages and pages of content um you know i think one of the biggest struggles that I hear a lot of people when they, when they approach the subject of blogging, um, you know, they think that they have to be like this amazing writer, you know, like, Oh, you know, this like Shakespeare (laughs) and really it's, it's not, you don't, you don't have to be the best writer, you know, in the world. Like, um, does it help if you either enjoy writing or feel like you're good at writing? Sure. You know, that's helpful, but it's not, you know, the end all be all. You don't have to be the most amazing writer in the world. You just have to be able to showcase your personality and your expertise. Um, and you can do that in a lot of different ways. Right. So, um, yeah. And I would say that blogging for me, cause I kind of skipped over this question, but, um, you know, everything, all of the business that I got when I moved to New Jersey from California, I would say, I mean, it's hard to, to, you can't totally grasp the exact number. Um, But I would say like probably 65 to 70% of that came because of my blog, because people were either finding me on Google, you know, because I really was concentrating on, um, you know, optimizing my posts and, you know, trying to get found for certain search terms. Um, Or it was because of me showing my knowledge and expertise on various things like blogging, or Squarespace. You mentioned that you saw some Squarespace posts. I spent a lot of time when I first got to New Jersey, um, talking a lot about Squarespace because I love Squarespace. I've been using it ever since I started my business. Um, and I tend to be kind of one of those people who's really into tech. (laughs) You know, a lot (laughs) of people don't like that part of their business, but I really do. Um, I enjoy figuring things out. I enjoy like the tinkering and figuring out how things work. And I really enjoyed doing that with Squarespace. So I started just writing blog posts on how to do things in Squarespace that people didn't know how to do. Um, and because of that, I've gotten quite a few clients um, who've needed help with their Squarespace websites. Um, you know, so, so, you know, it's through those things that you can really start to draw clients into your business um, by showing them, you know, the, the level of expertise that you have and just the credibility that you have as a business owner. And you mentioned that you were able to optimize your posts
1: for when you moved, but I think blogging is huge just in general for SEO and getting found on Google. I get asked that a lot from my web design clients is how can I improve my SEO? How can I get to the top of sort of those search result pages? Mm -hmm. Some of it is time. Some of it is like doing the things that Google wants you to do, but a lot of it, you have to have the content. You have to, be helpful and
2: sharing knowledge that people are looking for.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Google likes words <laughs> and words live on your blog. They don't live as much on your homepage or your portfolio page or your about me page. They are there, but that you can only book so many. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So
1: how can listeners find topics for their blogs that are going to serve their clients, but also be something they actually want to write about. I feel like it seems like it's a hard balance Mm -hmm. um, because we're afraid that either we have to talk about really boring things that Mm -hmm. our clients would like or things that our clients are going to be like, that's weird. Why are you talking about that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think that um, when you're looking for topics, the, the number one thing you really should be thinking about is will this benefit my my reader or my potential clients, um, you know, because people are looking for help. That's, that's why they go to the internet. They go to the internet, they go to Google looking for help or something, or if they are like maybe thinking about booking you and they're maybe they're, you know, going back and forth between a couple of people, um, you know, a blog, your blog is a perfect place for them to, you know, determine like, you know, are they actually going to be, you know, helping me with the problems that I have? And if you have, you know, blog posts that help some of maybe their smaller issues, um, you know, right away, they're going to trust you to, to help them with the bigger issues, right? right. So, um, one of the things that I like to, to tell people who are kind of struggling maybe with thinking of blog topics or not knowing what to write about, especially if those people already have some clients, um, you know, this might not work if you're just like brand new and like starting, you know, your business from day one, which you probably would want to wait a little bit to start a blog anyway. Um, (laughs) but, um, think about the questions that your clients are asking you. So as you're working with a client and they're asking you, you know, questions about, you know, Whatever they might be asking you about, um, you know, a real popular, very easy example for me to share with you is with if I'm dealing with a wedding client and they're we're getting up to their engagement session. I mean, I would say 100 percent of them are like, "What do I wear? I don't know what to wear for my engagement session. How do I how do I get ready? How does this all work? You know, they don't they don't know, right? This is the first, hopefully, or maybe it doesn't have to be hopefully, but I mean, it could be the first time they've ever done this. Um, you know, people don't just go get pictures taken a lot. (laughs) So, so they don't know what to do. They have no idea. Um, so they're asking you as the expert, how do I prepare for this? Um, so if you're getting those questions, you know, often those are the best questions ever to write a blog post about, and it doesn't have to be boring. You know, you can make it fun. You can integrate pictures of your past uh, clients at their engagement sessions, or maybe some past projects that you've worked on. Or you can do a video, ut- uh, a video um, tutorial. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to think through like other subjects that people might be wondering about. Um, but yeah, like those those pain points that your clients are asking you about that you are kind of tired of writing in an email, but like back to them, this is how this works, this is how you prepare, blah 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 blah. Um, send them a link to your blog post instead. You know, and you can make the blog post really meaty. You can spend some time maybe even more meaty than you, what you would have put in the email in the first place. Um, and then you can just use it over and over and over again. Um, and so not only is that going to be helpful for the client, but it's also going to be helpful for your SEO because you're, you're redirecting people back to your website. Um, you know, so they're going to be spending more time on your website and then maybe they might start clicking around. Um, and then Google's just going to like up level you up level you because it's, it's seeing that you're a trusted source that people keep coming back to your website. Um, right. Yeah, so that's always what I try to think about when when people are struggling with ideas. Um, you know, you, what you said is true. It is a fine balance in, you know, what do my clients want to hear and what do I actually write about, what want to write about? And I would hope that those would be kind of in line, <laughs> you know, that, that the things that your clients are asking questions about are things that you either know really well or that you have, you know, really strong opinions on, um, you know, that you want to help them out with. Right. Yeah. And
1: and I think it's important to remember that even if you think something is really simple or something everybody knows, that's not actually the case, especially oh for your clients, because so if, true. <laughs> if they're hiring you to do something, provide them a service, then they clearly don't have the knowledge to do it themselves. Right. So Those really simple topics are things you can write a blog post about, sim- you know, quickly, easily. And it's going to serve them really well because Mm -hmm. it's a question they may not even know that they had, but that you can provide a lot of value in.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that is so true. And I think that's one of the hardest things um, for for us as business owners who are kind of like in this world um, all day, every day, like we see so much and we begin to think that everybody knows what we know. Um but all it takes is for you to ask, you know, a friend of yours who is not, you know, um in the creative business industry or um, you know, maybe just doesn't have anything to do with this world like just talk to them and you're going to find out that they don't know anything that you know, right? And um what what starts to to feel so like obvious to us um is really not obvious to the majority of the population. So, um it is It can be kind of a struggle to so kind of get out of that bubble as I like to call it, um, but talking to people who are not in the creative industry um, can really help because then you can also start to to get some ideas about what are people what are people who don't know anything about this like what are their questions and how can I answer those questions right yeah
1: so how do you balance sort of sharing personal information on your blog and tutorials and really helpful information.
2: Yeah. So on cinema photography, um, I made it a rule to kind of, um, weave in one personal post, um, like a month usually was my, was kind of my general goal. Um, and I think it's important to do that because, you know, if you're running a personality based business, which most of us in the creative industry are, um, you know, you are the face of your business and people want to get to know you. People want to know who you are. They want to know what you're about. um, And they want to read stories about you. You know, I I typically like to keep my personal blog posts um, story driven as opposed to, um, you know, like we went on a trip to wherever, you know, like, I I mean, maybe we did, but I would want to weave in a story that might be related to my clients so that they can relate to that. Um, as opposed to just kind of giving an update on, you know, what I did this weekend or whatever, um, you know, that could work too. I mean, it, there's no really right or wrong, but the important thing to remember is that you know your clients um, are dealing with you, the person, right? And they want to know you, and the more that they know you, the more that they can trust you um, because they hopefully like you and what you're sharing. Um, and I would say, so on cinnamonwolf.co I don't do personal posts as often. Um, and I think the reason for that, I haven't really like really thought about it. And I've actually been thinking about, do I want to integrate some personal posts onto cinnamonwolf.co? For the most part, all of my posts on there are more technical driven. Um, but because of, um, you know, new fun things like Insta stories, um, you know, there's, there's different ways that you can let people know kind of about your personality and who you are, um, through social media. So I've been focusing more lately on you know kind of sharing some of my my personal life and you know like my dog and me and my husband and and we kind of have more fun on insta stories um as opposed to me sharing you know a lot of personal information through my blog um i'm not totally opposed to it but i haven't really like gone down that road the cinnamon co just yet um but part of the reason for that is with my photography business you know i'm dealing more with with couples Um, who are probably, you know, I mean, obviously they're about to get married. And so sharing personal information about me and my husband, you know, that's very relatable to them. Um, Stories, you know, about my first year in marriage or, you know, five lessons I've learned. You know, those type of things are very, or the story of how me and Paul met. Um, I have a whole series of blog posts um, that go through, you know, how we met and kind of our first date and all of those things, because those are very relatable to couples who are about to get married. Um, so yeah, I think I kind of just rambled on there, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) that makes sense though, because you're looking at who it is that you're trying to talk to and figuring out how a personal story might be able to relate to them. So on a wedding blog, it makes sense to share about your wedding and sort of your life together. Whereas Mm -hmm. on a business blog, maybe those stories are more related to how you started your business and business lessons that you've learned. And it's still your personality and your life, but yeah. it relates back to the audience who is actually checking it out and trying to learn from you. And you made a good point about social media. There's a lot more freedom to share things there yes. that can be more personal. And that's what people expect on those places. So if exactly. you share a picture of your kids mm-hmm. or your dog, that's not going to feel really out of
2: place. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. If I were to throw a post, you know, into cinnamonwolf.co right now, that was like, you know, Paul and i's weekend, like it would just, it would feel weird because it just doesn't really fit in with the other contents. Um, you know, but I do, and I will say this, you know, I, I am trying to incorporate more and more video into my blog posts, um, for a couple of reasons because video is just popular now. Everybody's kind of interested in video and, um, And you are able to showcase your personality through video as well. Even though you may not be talking about like personal subjects, um, if you're showing your face and your, you know, your inflection and, you know, I like to kind of joke around a lot, you know, I say silly things. um, All of that is my personality and being able to showcase that through video as well um, is very helpful. And it makes more sense, you know, in context of like a technical blog post. Right. Yeah.
1: And I think it's all about figuring out the best way to balance the information that you're sharing and also have it be personal. We don't have to write blog posts that feel like, you know, the five paragraph essays from high school, right? Which gives you a lot of freedom to write the way that you'd actually talk and how people are going to interact with you if
2: they hire you or they get on a call. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's one of one of the things I also like to tell people who um who are kind of like, oh, I don't know if I should blog I feel like I, you know, I'm not good at writing and I'm not a writer and whatever. And I just, you know, one of the biggest encouragements I tell them is like, don't just write like you talk. It, you're not writing a college essay. <laughs> you know, I use all sorts of weird things in my blog posts that are things that I would say, you know, like, and I get a lot of compliments about that too. I get a lot of people telling me that they've read my posts and then they meet me in person or they hear me talk. And they're like, you sound exactly the same. You know, it's almost like you were talking to me. Um, And I don't know that that's necessarily a skill. Just write it. (laughs) And if you feel like I want to delete this because I feel like I'm going to get a bad grade on my paper, then don't. Don't delete it. (laughs) Leave it there.
1: (laughs) Yes. We don't have to follow all the grammar rules. Exactly. Exactly. Although things should be spelled correctly. That's something yeah, I struggle I with.
2: But Unless you're trying to like make a point with the misspelling. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, yes. <laughs> make sure you have correct words spelled. Some people know what you're actually talking about.
1: <laughs> How often do you think that people should be blogging?
2: That's a good question. I think it really depends on a couple of different things. It depends on your goal. You know, like what you're trying to accomplish with your blog. Um, and it depends probably on your audience, you know and what you're trying you know to talk about. Um, you know, for photographers, some of that may vary based on the number of sessions that you have um because I would say most photographers um try to at least blog every session that they do. Um, you know, so if you're if you're in the middle of dead season and you know, you don't have any weddings your the number of blogs that you may put out there may be different than when you're in the height of wedding season and you're just shooting engagement sessions and weddings all the time. Um, but in general, I would say that for most creative online business owners, I would say once a week is a really good starting place. And if once a week even feels maybe overwhelming, go twice a month. Um, and make it consistent. That's probably more important, you know, so if you, if you decide that you're going to post once a week, um, you know, pick a day, pick a day Monday through Thursday, cause those are the best blogging days. Um, and always post on that day and try to do it at the same time, which, you know, with, with every website, you know, platform out there, you can typically schedule your blog posts ahead of time. So you don't really have to worry about, you know, waking up in the morning and posting the blog post, um, you can just schedule it. But yeah, so if you're going to be, you know, picking once a week, which I would say, again, is a good starting place, um, you know, choose Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. And that's when you're going to blog every single week. Um, And you also want to make sure that you are um, really focusing on, you know, like I said, it kind of depends on what your your goals are with blogging. Um, But if you are going to be only posting once a week, you know, try to make that post um, substantial. Like, make it meaty. Um, you know, give readers a lot to look at. You know, like don't don't post once a week and only have it be you know two paragraphs. Um, you you want it to be relatively substantial. Um, so if that is feeling overwhelming to you, then like I said, you know, knock it down to you know twice a month, and um, and then make sure that you're just you're focusing on all the different things that you want to hit in that blog post. And then make sure that it's optimized. So, you know, we're really looking at, you know, quality over quantity um, in this, you know, instance. Um, because Google is really going to prioritize that good quality content. You know, Google's not going to care if you're pumping out five posts a week and nobody cares about what you're writing about and, and none of that content is helpful. Google's going to prioritize you if you, even if you're doing once a month. I know some, some big time, you know, bloggers and content marketers who post once a month. And those posts are intense. <laughs> like it might actually take you a month to read them. <laughs> but there's so much good, valuable content in that one post um, that people, you know, keep coming back to and people share that Google is just automatically going to up-level that um, because it's actually providing answers that people are looking for. So, um, you know, don't get hung up on, you know, I feel like I need to be posting, you know, four or five times a week. Um, that's really hard to do unless you have somebody helping you, Um, you know, somebody that you're outsourcing, you know, different things to. Um, So definitely try to keep it, you know, I would say consistent is more important and substantial is probably the the next biggest thing you want to be paying attention to.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned optimizing your post. Do you have any tips for people who aren't sure how to get started with optimizing their posts to make it easy and not feel like Really intimidating and getting into the nitty gritty of the details. Yeah,
2: definitely. So I would say um, there's three main things that I would focus on when you're thinking about optimizing um, your blog post. And the first one is to make sure that your URL has um, some keywords in it, or that it's a keyword-rich URL. Um, and if that sounds like complete Greek to you, let me help you understand what that means a little bit. Um, so when you're thinking about being found on Google for a thing, for a certain thing that people might be typing into the search bar, that's that's a keyword or a keyword phrase. So you know, for me, that might be like New Jersey wedding photographer. So if, if I'm really wanting, you know, Google to to return my website when somebody types in New Jersey wedding photographer um, into Google, um, then those are the keywords that I want to start thinking about. Now, you might want to. To think about, you know, and and again, this is very different and keyword research is a whole, you know, big other topic, but, um, you want to make sure that, that whatever those keywords are that are related to what's in your post, you want to make sure that it's, you know, you don't want to just include keywords that have nothing to do with what you're actually writing about, because then, you know, maybe your post is returned, and then it has absolutely nothing to do with what the person was searching for. And so Google's gonna be like, ah, that's not gonna work. Yes, Google's smart. It knows. Yes, it knows. It definitely knows. And we've been there too, right? Like we've, we've searched on Google and clicked on something that had nothing to do with what we searched for. And so we're, that's frustrating to us, right? Yep. So, so you want to make sure that you're kind of thinking through the, the experience of the person who's looking for that thing. Um, and so those keywords, you want to make sure that those keywords are in the actual URL of your blog post. That's the probably one of the biggest ways that you can optimize your blog post. Um, one of the second ways is to make sure that any images that you have in your blog post also have um, what's called alternative text or alt text um, attached to them. And you add that alt text in a couple of different ways based on whatever platform you're working with. Um, And that alternative text is basically like, what's a good way to describe it? Kind of like a way for Google to read the image because Google can't see what what is on the front of a JPEG image, right? It, It doesn't know what the image is about. And so we, as blog post creators, have to go in and tell Google what that image is. And we do that through the method of alternative text. So if you have a picture... Um, I'm actually looking at a picture of a couple on my wall right now, <laughs> an engaged couple that I have I have a picture hanging up. Um, you know, Google doesn't know what's on that image. So I might, you know, type in the alternative text, um, you know, um, engaged couple sitting in front of a barn wearing blue shirts because that's what the image is. Or I might include like romantically looking at each other or something like that um, because that's a way that you can tell Google what that image actually is which will help you in search results as well. So any sort of images that you have on your blog post, you want to make sure that you're adding that alternative text um, so that Google knows what those images are. And then the third thing is that you want to make use of header text. And this is something that I think a lot of people either forget about or they don't know about. Um, But using header text is really um, important because Google gives priority to header text. So if you have, um, and in, in WordPress and Squarespace, it, it works kind of similarly, but a little bit differently as well. Um, and if you want a good example of this, just go to one of my blog posts. And I'm sure, Samantha, you probably do the same thing. Um, and you'll see, you'll see the differences in the header text. Yep. Um, yeah. And the, the one thing that is really important that a lot of people probably, it's subconscious, they don't actually realize it, is that when you're reading through a blog post, header text makes it very easy for your reader to figure out what's going on, right? To orientate themselves to the actual content in the blog post um, because they can, they can quickly see, you know, because we all skim, right? No one has time to read, like, <laughs> super long blog posts all day long. We want to skim through the post and see, like, is this content relevant to what I'm looking for? Maybe this paragraph is interesting to me, but this paragraph is not, Um, And header text helps you do that. And Google knows that. And that's why Google prioritizes header text. So if you're including header text in your blog post, it's a good way to separate out um, the content that you have in your blog post. And also make sure that those headers that you're using are also potentially keywords that would be helpful um, when somebody is searching for the content that you are providing in your blog post.
1: Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And yeah. it's it's a pretty easy thing to do is, especially on Squarespace, you just yeah. change that to the header. Header 1, you know, 2, or 3. Yep. Right. And so it's not like you're having to do anything complicated. You just change it. Squarespace automatically then tells Google on the back end, this is header text. It's more important. Exactly.
2: Yep. Okay. So I definitely recommend that for every blog post. Yes. So those those three things, and there's other ways that you can optimize your, your blog post as well, but I would say those are like the top three things um, that if you're kind of just getting started with optimizing your content, um, to pay attention to.
1: Right. And those are pretty easy things once you sort of know where it you go about changing those to yep. make sure you do, and you just make it
2: a part of your process. Exactly.
1: So, so can that. you give us an outline of your process of sort of brainstorming a blog post idea to actually getting it published?
2: Sure. So, yeah. So, so I brainstorm subjects for my blog posts kind of all the time, um, especially when I'm driving (laughs) because they just come to me usually because my mind is just, you know, thinking of things. Um, So I have a notes app on my phone that I usually will jot things down really quickly if, if I'm not going to be, you know, near a computer anytime soon, just so I don't forget it. And I'll I'll feel better if I've written it down so that I know that, you know, it's not going to just fly in my brain and I won't remember I'm sure there's like probably at least twenty blog posts that <laughs> were so good and they're just out there in the Etherland now that I can't remember. Um, but yeah, so then I will um, you know, when I'm back at my computer and I have the ability to kind of, you know, dump all of those, you know, thoughts or ideas, or sometimes I'll just brainstorm them while I'm sitting at my computer. Um, I'll just take, you know, 10 to 15 minutes and just kind of think really deeply about different subjects that I might want to talk about or subjects that I think that my clients might want to read about. Um, and I'll just make notes. Um, um, currently, I'm using CoSchedule um, to, to kind of plan out my, my blog calendar. So I can make this different, um, I don't even know what they're called, but like there's different notes in CoSchedule um, for each blog post idea. Um, so then what I'll do in co-schedule as well, I will write out a very brief outline for what, you know, my, my, just my thought processes around the content for that specific post. Um, you know, and that's super brief, like literally it's like maybe five bullet points of what I might want to actually flush out in that actual blog post. And I'll do that probably for, you know, quite a few different ideas all at once, Um, So I'm never really like, just like, oh, I have this idea. And then I just write the whole blog post. But that doesn't rarely ever happen. It's, it's, I don't know that that's ever happened. It's kind (laughs) of like a a process of going through different stages. Um, So once I have my outlines kind of written, you know, now it's a little bit easier um, to actually go through and flesh out the content because I'm not doing like all that heavy lifting and all that heavy thinking, like all at the same time for multiple posts. Um, so once I have, you know, maybe I'll have like 10, you know, ideas down and all of them are already outlined. So now, you know, I'll look at my blog calendar and I I see that I have a spot coming up where I need to write a blog post. I can just pull one of those ideas and start to flush it out. Right. So I'll start, you know, under each of the five, six, seven, whatever, you know, bullet points I already have listed, I will start writing out, you know, the content for each one of those things. Um, so that the, con- the that the whole post itself is, is completely, you know, fleshed out all those ideas. Um, and if I need to be taking like screenshots or anything like that, I'll be doing that at the same time and kind of organizing all of that together. Um, and then I'll have my, usually I will have my graphic designer. Like if I have maybe five or six posts that I know that I have an idea for, I'll send her those five titles um, so that she can create graphics for those. And then, you know, she'll send them them back to me and then I can, you know, organize them with each post so that they're ready to go when I'm ready to actually make the post. Um, So once I have the post kind of all written out, that's when I'll transfer um, everything over to Squarespace. So I will, you know, open up Squarespace and I'll put in my title and then I'll put in, you know, I'll usually copy and paste the content, format everything so that it looks good all my header text is included, Uh, all the pictures are included, I add my alt text, Um, you know, kind of all the back-end stuff that you do to, like, make a post, you know, ready to go and pretty. Um, And then I'll schedule it in Squarespace. I'm usually doing that, you know, I try to schedule posts at least a month in advance. Um, Sometimes, you know, that ends up being, like, two weeks in advance. Sometimes it does happen where I, I do it the next day. Like, it just depends on what's going on in my life. I try not to be too hard on myself though. Um, and then I will schedule out the social media. So I can do that in Co Schedule as well. Um, so I will copy the link over and then I'll make, you know, kind of the, the prompts uh, for my social media that are, are going to be associated with that post. Um, and co- it's really nice in Co Schedule because it just posts everything out for you. Like, and it, it will do, you can make a schedule for it so that it will do it that day, the next day, two weeks from now, a month from now. Like, you can. All at once, so you don't have to like go back, which is really nice. Um, and then I just have everything scheduled and ready to go. I will. I'll then usually post. A, um, I'll schedule a, a picture on Instagram as well that's related to the blog post. So I don't have to think about that on the same day either. Like, oh, well, what was on the blog today? I can't remember what I want to put a picture of. I'll try to do that ahead of time as well. Um, and then, you know, when the day comes, it's, you know, I, I'll, I'll try to, you know, check everything to make sure everything posted out correctly. And then I'll just engage with any comments that come in through social media.
1: It makes it easy to not have to rush at the last minute.
2: Yes. Yep. So true.
1: Yeah. And then if you have all your ideas written down and you're writing out one of them, this happens to me a lot. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not actually feeling inspired by this
2: idea. I'll just right. switch to something else. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of the beauty of having lots of different ideas in front of you because, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. We've all been there like we think of an idea and we're like, "Oh, that could be really good." And then when you're sitting down in the moment to do it, you're not feeling inspired by it. Exactly. And so it's hard to to really put some time into it because you're just like, "Ugh, I'm not feeling this right now." And maybe you will be again at some point, or maybe that was just an idea that was an idea and it was never meant to actually go anywhere, and that's okay too. Right. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So did you have anything else you wanted to share about blogging and educating your clients before we get to the wrap up questions?
2: Um, I mean, I I guess I would just want to say, I just want to offer some encouragement to people who feel like blogging might be kind of frustrating um, or like it's not going to get them anywhere. Um, you know, blogging is definitely a long-term process. It's not something that's going to show you like really super quick results Um, so my encouragement is just to stick with it because you will see the results, you know, eventually, um, it's a lot of hard work, but the hard work, it really does pay off. Um, you know, I would say right now in my, my time in New Jersey, we are, we're almost two years here in New Jersey. Um, it'll be two years in July. Um, but I would actually say (laughs) it's been really interesting the past probably four months, Every single inquiry that I've gotten for a family or wedding session, um, has been through Google every single one. Wow. So, um, you know, it's, it's taken a while to get to that point. Um, but it's, you know, it has, it has paid off. Um, and a lot of my other, you know, through CinnamonWolf.co and some of the, the education I've done, you know, on blogging and Squarespace, I mean, that's just paid off. Like, I, I can't even tell you like just, you know, tenfold. Um, because of the time and effort that I put into, you know, getting some of those posts out there, um, you know, into Google, into Pinterest um, so that people can find me. So um, stick with it. Yeah. That's my encouragement is just stick with it. Um, It will pay off. Um, Try not to get too frustrated. If you get frustrated, just hit send me an email and I'll encourage you. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. That's good to note, Especially like if you feel like you're not getting comments and people aren't reading, It always surprises me when somebody will come back and say, oh, I've been following you for years since you started. I'll be like, I did not know that people even knew I was out there. Right,
2: right. Yeah, and it's interesting. I would say that it's a trend lately that people are not commenting on blog posts as much as they used to. Um, You know, definitely, I feel like a few years ago, it it was a much bigger trend to comment on blog posts, and it's not as much now. Um, So if you're not getting any comments, you know, don't get too frustrated. Like, pay attention to your Google Analytics. Like, that will show you a better picture of how many people are actually landing on your blog posts and reading through them. Um, Don't get frustrated if you're not getting comments. Yeah. Yeah. Good.
1: Okay. So why is serving your clients well so important to your
2: business? Oh, gosh. Because then they tell their friends. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, you know, I always look at, you know, and I've had a lot of, um, you know, I've spent a lot of time working in customer service jobs throughout my, throughout my years of working, um, you know, and then being a business owner, I think it's just, you know, and we've had those experiences where we've, where we've, you know, gone somewhere to buy something or do something and we've been treated poorly and, you know, those experiences, they stay with you, you know, and, and they create a lot of negative word of mouth, (laughs) for sure. Like, I don't, I know, I can't remember the exact statistic, but I remember reading somewhere that, you know, people will share a negative experience with a business, like 10 times more than they'll share a positive one. Um, you know, and that, I think, you know, not only does it it drive me, but also just treating people like you want to be treated, I think is just it's an important way to live, you know, just in general. Um, you know, that's kind of how, like, kind of my mantra in life is, you know, like, well, I can't complain if I'm treating people, you know, poorly and then they're treating me poorly back. Like, you know, you, you kind of get what you put out there, you know. Um, so, you know, serving your clients well, you know, not only does it make you feel good because, it feel, you know, you feel like you've done a good job, um, but you've made them feel valued. You've provided them a good service and you've given them um, a reason to, um, you know, talk you up with their friends, people that they know. Um, you know, they, they'll share about, you know, the great experience that they had with you, especially if you do, you know, some stuff that's kind of unique or out of the box, you know, that makes it even more likely that they're going to share about you. Um, and it just makes people feel good, you know? So, and I think that is just really super important to when, when, especially when running a business. Um, and even if it doesn't turn into any future business for you, at least, you know, um, that you've taken care of people, um, and that you've helped them, you know, solve a problem. And yeah. I think that's really important.
1: Yeah. And especially because most of us are running businesses that are, it's just us or it's us and a couple of people. We're the face of our business. Yeah, There's not really very much wiggle room for treating people badly and getting bad <laughs> word of mouth out there. That's it's so not true. like we're these huge companies that people are going to
2: come buy stuff from us anyway. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's. Yeah, those one one negative experience can really put a damper on on your growth for sure.
1: Yeah. All right. So tell me two things that you're loving right
2: now. They can be business or life. Hmm. Let's see two things. So um one thing that I've recently discovered um but I'm still kind of uh, getting the hang of, but I'm I'm really liking it so far is a new um social media scheduling uh program called Social Q. Um, I don't know if you've heard of, have you heard of it? Uh, I've heard of it, but I haven't really looked at it. Yeah. Or actually smarter queue. Sorry, not social queue, smarter queue. Um, so it's kind of like Edgar or meet Edgar, um, where you kind of load it up with, uh, your posts, you know, different things, um, that, that you've written, um, and also other, you know, other interesting content that maybe is relatable to the audience that you're trying to serve, um, And you can just kind of load it up into the queue and then it will just post out for you on a regular schedule. Okay. And then it'll rotate um, through all of those posts. Um, It's, you know, I've I've got it kind of set up. Like I haven't, I need to go back in and and add stuff to it because I I put like an initial like load of stuff in there and now I need to kind of go and add in. Um, But it's really nice because you can add in like RSS feeds from, you know, different places that you maybe read. Blog posts a lot, or that you think your audience might be interested to read those posts as well, um, and then you can just add them into the queue, like right from the RSS feed, which is you know super easy. Um, and you can add in like things from Twitter and all sorts of, and it connects to all your accounts. Um, they're they're in the process of I think hooking up with Pinterest, which I'm really excited about because I think that would be amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, but for the most part, it's it's working out really well for me, and I'm I'm liking. of where it's going but again I've only been using it for you know a couple of weeks (laughs) so I'm not like an expert on it or anything but um but I'm liking it so far and the price point is much lower than um, Meet edgar okay so that'll be interesting to see you know kind of how that plays out because I think it does essentially the same thing so um let's see what else um I also you know Todoist I'm a huge Todoist fan um I feel like Todoist doesn't get a lot of love in the creative industry (laughs) and I'm not sure why (laughs) because I love it I think it's great um you know it's a it's a a task manager basically um and it's very simple it's very it doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles which i think is one of the reasons why i like it so much because it doesn't like distract me or confuse me um i can create projects you know i have a lot of different things that i am working on so i can create different projects that have specific tasks in them i can color code them it syncs up with my google calendar um i can copy you know, like if, like, so I, I make like a wedding workflow and then I can copy that onto a new, when I book a new bride, I can copy the whole thing. Um, so it saves me a bunch of time. Like, I just love it. It keeps me on track. It keeps me focused. I look at it every single day. I check things off, you know, I, <laughs> which is always fun. Um, I feel very productive. Yes. Um, yeah, so I, I'm loving to do Like You know, I, like I said, I don't hear a lot of people talking about it in the creative, like, space. A lot of people talk about Asana or trello which are both great, you know, um, products. Um, they just haven't worked for me the same way, um, that I wanted to. And so yeah, to-do is kind of my damn. It's, I love it. Okay. Yeah. So what are you working on? What's coming up in the future that people can check out? Oh gosh. Well, I just launched my supply closet. Which I'm really excited about. I've been working on it for a long time, um, and it's finally like out there in the world, which is great. It's a great feeling, um, and it's a it's a product that's available on my dot Co website. Um, it's basically. Um, a closet, a supply closet full of good stuff. <laughs> um, I love the name. Um, and it's, you know, like when you're working, you know, at like a corporate job and you need something, that's where you go, right? You go to supply right. closet, you get your pens, you get your paper, you get your sticky notes, you get your folders, you get whatever you need, right? my favorite um, and, part of the business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you're a creative business owner, like you don't really have that, you know, like there are all sorts of things I think that we need as, as creative business owners that are just, you know they're out there but they're kind of all over the place you know that you can find everything that's in the closet you can find somewhere else but again it's all over the place like different you know different people are selling different things you know email templates and you know blog graphic templates and hashtag guides and workflows like you know it's just all of that in one place um that's easy to you know find so you know once you subscribe to the closet you're just you can just access it whenever you want um I also have um some really cool like Instagram quotes and stock photos in there as well because you know we all need a good Instagram quote every now and then and I never know where to find them. <laughs> like I you know you can you can find them sometimes you know through Instagram itself but then sometimes they don't look that great and then I don't really like to scroll through Google looking for them. Um and so, yeah, I just have a bunch of them included in the closet as well so that if you are needing something to post like in a pinch, you can just go in there and grab it and put it on your Instagram or you can, you know, take the images that are in there and schedule them out. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a really cool thing. I'm really excited to see, you know, where it goes. I think it's going to be really helpful for a lot of people. Um, and it's going to grow over time. So I have plans uh, to include even more stuff into the closet. Um, to make it a really valuable resource for people um, that they can access, um, you know, whenever they need something from the closet. So, so that's kind of the main thing that I'm working on now. Um, You know, my husband and I, we run Focus Podcast, which uh, we still have lots of good stuff in store for that as well coming up. Um, So we're excited about that. And, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, we're going to be moving um, probably within the next eight to nine months. And so that's kind of on the forefront and we're, we're thinking through, you know, what that looks like from a business perspective and, and getting transitioned and, and finally settling down. We haven't you know, been settled really since we got married. And so that's going to be kind of new and exciting and we can't wait. Yeah. Lots of exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun year. Okay.
1: Yeah. And where can people find you online?
2: So I would definitely say cinnamonwolf.co is probably the best place you can get in touch with me. Um that's just www.cinnamonwolf with an e um co and um same on Instagram. That's where I kinda hang out most of the time. Um Instagram, CinnamonWolf with an e co. Um yeah, that's where you can find me.
1: All right. Cool. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me.
2: No, thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started.